Health and Wellbeing, Tuesday afternoon with Peter Mullen. Peter, I never thought I'd say, but this program today is going to be turned into one of those back in my day. <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, things were done so differently, and <laughs> it was is... better, and it was better. A <laughs> horse well... and cart was floating around town, delivering bread, picking up the poo out the back of the loo. Um, obviously, diets have changed since you know, since many of us were younger, Peter, and you think this might be a culprit um, when it comes to kids and sickness today? Yeah, well, look, it definitely is something that I've noticed over the 25 years, and I'm sure most listeners would agree as well, that um, our kids' health this day and age is not what it used to be. You know, the the things like, um, you know, behavioural and learning disorders now affecting up to 20% of, of kids um, asthma doubled in the past 20 years with, you know, affecting now up to 35% of kids. Um, and and so all this stuff just can't be just fluke. It just can't be, well, it was asthma's turn to rise its head. It just, it just can't be, can it? No, no, definitely. I think, I think our kids' health is definitely, you know, more challenged. Or our kids' immune systems, our kids' digestive systems are a lot more reactive maybe than what our systems were. And, um, you know, even things like allergies, you think about when we were kids, you, you didn't have schools or preschools that you couldn't have, take peanuts, butter mm. to, or you couldn't have chocolate or you couldn't have egg. But now nearly every daycare center or, you know, child mining or even preschool has restrictions on what you can take because the child there could be anaphylactically allergic to those foods. So what has changed? Oh, look, I think, I think it's a combination of things. Um, obviously, from our point of view, well, I really believe it's, probably comes down from a generational sort of thing you know parents grandparents and great-grandparents so i think in the last three generations we've seen a lot of changes um there's theories around the hygiene hypothesis that we're too clean these days and we don't allow our kids to come in contact with dirt and the pets and things like that and, and that might be why but i think um diet definitely was one of the things that's changed over the last three generations and i think the effects of that may be showing through now. That may be one of the part of the reasons. Well, part of the reason why I think our kids' diet is our kids' health is not what it should be. I guess with everybody being quote unquote busier, I mean, less people are preparing good quality meals at home and less often. Um, and I guess more fast food and comes into the equation. I can certainly recall being as a kid heading to the, the the fast food chains. It was it was almost an event because it happened that rare. It didn't happen four times a week for lunch like it does now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's become sort of, we've sort of insidiously, it's sort of crept into our society and our lives that it's normal to think that you're going to go and get, you know, something like some sort of takeaway or junk, junk type food for mm. on a regular basis as a meal. Or the kids might, coming home from school, might grab something, you know, at the local local shop on the way home but um you know we in in the in practice like we use with particularly young kids we talk about sometime food and healthy food <laughs> just to try and get that concept in that yes they're 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 something that you'll have sometimes but they're not a health like they're not they're not a daily food input instead of having the healthy food sometimes you need to split those two words up they are two different camps they yeah absolutely be. absolutely do you want to know what the the fast track to getting back on health was when i was a kid and we'd have the day off from school if you if you were crook yeah i'd yeah. be like legitimately sick i'm not talking fake a sickie but legitimately sick from school yeah um a couple of potato pies and a soft drink that oh, was serious yeah that and was that and you know what that basically put you on. I felt a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, but isn't it funny how things yeah. have changed too? Like 
as we said, this is one of those shows where we say, you know, when we were a kid. But um, when when I, <laughs> when I was a kid, like it's estimated that it's average, it's normal for kids, for t- toddlers to young kids to get eight to ten colds a year. Mm. So if you imagine, and unfortunately a lot of those kids are still being prescribed medication. Mm. Some doctors are still prescribing antibiotics for a cold when, you know, basically we know that antibiotics don't help with viral infections. Um, but our kids are being, and we see all these sports stars on TV recommending all these wonderful medications, Panadol, oh, I can't say names, but wonderful medications that, you know, the idea is that if your kids are sick, if you're a, a, a well-trained mother, um, you'll give them all of these um, drugs mm. and medications that are being promoted, you know, that you're a bad parent if you don't. But I'm the same as you. When we were sick, when we were kids, we definitely didn't get eight to ten colds a year. Because you imagine if you're a young family and you've got two kids and they're both having eight to ten colds a year and those colds are at least a week off school maybe each time, that's a lot of time off work you're going to be requesting or a lot of stress for the whole family to get daycare or childcare. Those uh, two family care days that you seem to have in your <laughs> Yeah, well, they're going to go pretty go, quick, aren't they? Aren't they? Just, just for the record, I'm not not one for brag, but last year, just about everybody in this station was really struck down by cold. Yes, um, and some of the people that were really afflicted, I actually spent a lot of time with, even outside of here. Guess who never got sick all year last year? Yourself. Not, not one sniffle. <laughs> Nothing. That is fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, um. It's it's actually one of the big things that we do with with young families mm. from a naturopathic point of view is teaching young mums and and young dads and you know older mums and older dads that if your kids do get sick there are a lot of fantastic um, child friendly really safe really effective medicines you can be giving your kids to number one prevent them getting or to to help them get less colds and flus because we do expect they're going to get something. But also, if they do get a cold or flu, there's some great natural remedies that you can get onto. And we might do that on another show, actually. But some great natural remedies that, like I always carry in our cupboard at home, more so when our kids were little, I always kept um, a vitamin C powder, um, a liquid zinc, um, and echinacea has always been my favorite herb long-term for kids. And, and, you know, you can get it in a children form. But the thing with echinacea, you just got to make sure it's a good quality one. But we might do a section on that later. But even with... um, you know, just getting parents back to uh, common sense about if your kids are sick, how to go about treating them to the best of your ability, knowing when it's important to take them to the GP or to come and see your family naturopath. And um, we encourage a lot of um, um, parents, even if the parents are, are, are patients, we encourage them if their kids get sick, make an appointment, come in, and, you know, we can look in their ears and do all of that. So naturopaths can be part of that. You know, family family care is same as the GP. Peter, before we continue, just had a, a lovely young lady on the phone wanting to you to clarify some comments. So we're talking about being too clean. We think we're too clean today versus hand washing. Obviously, you're not wanting to eliminate legitimate health, are you? And hand washing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm the the theory around the hygiene hypothesis goes back to you know all sorts of things like mm. sterilizing babies' bottles and keeping our kids too wrapped up. And it's just a theory around why our immune system maybe is not as resilient. But um, when it comes to um, hand washing, um, what is interesting, I'm a, I'm a big fan of washing hands with mm. soap and water. 
I'm not such a big fan of these gels and things, personally. We've basically, we kind of touched on that oh, about six months ago. Yeah. There was a big reason for it, but I think it was generally your thought Your thought was that that actually doesn't remove. And- it just it kills the bacteria and just yeah. squashes them all into your hands. So if, you, if, you're, if you're obviously in a workplace and you've got to do that. It beats nothing. It beats nothing, mm-hmm. but then you make sure that morning tea, lunchtime, you go and you wash your hands properly with soap and and water. Yeah. We did one of those. Um, we did a hygiene talk a couple of years back, which sounds really ordinary, but it was actually very fascinating. And I, the, I the think lady I, that- if I'd have went to that, I would have just been freaking out. <laughs> well, we know you're a little bit. Um, yeah, I think mentally, I would have been like in my mind, I would have been looking at the world like through those CSI, you know, absolutely. things like Grissom does, you know, um, where you look and you see nothing but germs. Yeah, yeah. So that a talk like that wouldn't be good for you. No. But um, one of the things like that walking was- into a hotel room, what do you, what do you mentally see? <laughs> Have you got one of those blue lights that you take? I don't no. think I could stand it. <laughs> you'd see me next week, you'd be like, what's wrong? Oh, I've just seen the world in a Everything. whole new light. <laughs> Everything. Peter, what's right with the world? Don't touch that table and the germs. Nothing but germs. Well, we better get back to it. We were talking about uh, right. foods that are making your kids sick. Um, I guess if you feel from what we were talking about earlier, if your child has a health condition, you think it's related to diet, what are some of the next steps? Well, look, I, I always... Um um, diet's always an interesting area. Like uh, uh, what I'm noticing and what a lot of my patients are saying is that we are affected by food a lot more than what we used to be. And, you know, from a naturopathic point of view, we'll often, if someone's coming in with irritable bowel syndrome, we'll say, you know, get off get off wheat and dairy, you know, maybe have a look at the FODMAP diet. Um, if someone's coming in with, a kid's coming in with um, eczema, you know, I, I find a lot, a lot of times getting off dairies can help quite a lot getting off wheat can help so there's this concept around you know that foods may not necessarily cause a lot of our health concerns but they can definitely aggravate it or keep it going so changing diet initially is a big part of what a naturopath does in helping someone improve their health getting them onto a healthy diet as possible i'm going to throw something at you and i've asked you this a couple of times recently but do you think to a certain extent we're kind of snookered when it comes to food because of the amount of modification that's happened with food i mean it's not what it, you know food isn't what it used to be how we've tampered with it all yeah look I, I i i tend to agree with that i think that's a big point and um you know from 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 our point of view like it, it from my point of view healthy and whole food is possible mm. you know back in the days when our parents bought everything fresh they made everything fresh you know even if they made made a cake you know, it would be all healthy ingredients. You wouldn't have additives and preservatives and colours and stuff like that. And ingredients you can't pronounce. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, homemade, home-prepared, you know, good quality starting ingredients. But with kids, one of the things we've found these days is that a lot of kids um, can be reactive to all sorts of things. So it's a bit of a detective puzzle with kids working out what food's there. And, and again, our point is not to just take people, take kids off these foods and say you can never have them again. The difference in seeing a naturopath, our goal is to take work out what foods are aggravating the situation, but work on healing and repairing the underlying problems, which is often the gut, the digestive function, and from there the immune system. So we work on healing and repairing. So you can then tolerate some of these foods back into your diet. So it's not a life sentence that you, if you cut out dairy, you can never have it again. What we might find down the track is that you can tolerate really good quality organic milk or really good quality yogurt couple of times a week you're still getting some calcium so it's not all about never having again for some reason all of a sudden i want one of those old style really thick 
thick shakes. <laughs> like you used to get an oak at Hexham and Freeman's Waterhog years ago. I want one of those now. You're talking about dairy. You've done it to me, Peter. So one of the things, a couple of things we often do with kids is we can do an elimination diet, mm-hmm. which is always a little bit challenging because you don't know where to start. Well, we do know where to start, but we can often take out things that aren't a problem. Or they can also have what's called a food intolerance test. Now, a food intolerance test is a, a blood prick, and it can, you can be tested for 43 foods to work out what foods you might definitely have an intolerance to. So for some people, that fast-tracks things. Now, food intolerance can affect your kids in lots of ways, learning and behavior, eczema. Um, in adults, it can be irritable bowel, um, brain fog is another one I find can be associated with um, food intolerance. I think I've had that since I was 15. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's actually common people that, and fatigue and stress Mm -hmm. and brain fog would probably be among our top three symptoms that people come in for these days. So food can definitely be a big part of that. Heading first to Talara, and uh, good afternoon to you, Natalie. Uh, You've got a question for Peter about children's diets. Uh, Yes, I do, Pete. How are you? Good, thanks, Natalie. Um, so just in, I did flick it in an email, so I just disregard that. Um, so just my children have both, my, when my son was younger, he's 15 now, but when he was younger, he was prone to lots and lots of warts, yeah. um, just clusters of them, and they've since just disappeared. But now my daughter, who's nine, she has terrible um, molluscum contagiosum, yeah. I think it's called. It's all over her thighs, in between her legs, and it's just spreading and Nothing seems to be bringing it under control. I was just wondering if the reason my kids are prone to these sort of skin conditions was it something in their diet. Look, it, it probably won't be as black and white as that, but um, I've always always found that like kids' immune systems are a lot more reactive um, to foods probably when they're younger as well. And um, I would always think that if, if a child's immune system, like molluscum contagiosum is a virus, and if their immune systems, if it's spreading and their immune system's not quite, getting on top, I would consider okay. at least um, removing dairy and wheat from a diet and sugar for a period okay. of time and see if that makes a difference and yeah. get her onto some immune-boosting um, herbs and supplements, like things like um, a really good quality echinacea, um, and vitamin C and zinc has always been yeah. my go-to for warts, and that works really well with mollu- con- molluscum contagiosum as well. Okay. Oh, excellent. All right. Thanks, Pete. No, my pleasure. Thanks for the call. All righty, Natalie, some great advice for you. They're heading to Colette. And, uh, Jill, you've got a question about dermatitis for Peter Mullen today. Yes, I have. Um, I was just listening to your program. Um, with diets, could, could, it help, could diet help with dermatitis? Uh, look, look, the dermatitis, there's always going to be a, a dietary trigger from my point of view. Um, The trick is sometimes it can also be obviously contact and environment as well. But um, I'd always look at removing foods from the diet that place a bit more of a strain on the body. So things like, you know, us naturopaths always want to get everyone, at least for a period of time, off excess dairy and wheat. And um, sugar is the other thing that really um, excess sugar can, you know, lead to elevated insulin, which can promote inflammation as well. So they'd probably be the top three um, that I'd be trying to cut out of your diet for starters. Now, sometimes, um, depending on what, what sort of dermatitis it is, you could also look at things like um, salicylates, but that gets a bit more complex. Um, excess acidy foods, too many tomatoes, oranges, orange juice. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, look, what... Oh, what that's what, interesting. My husband um, has had it last year pretty bad, and he feels it's coming back. Yeah, um, okay. Again. And, prob- and is it coming back yeah. at the same time of year again? Yes, April it was. Yeah, okay. So there may be maybe environmental factors involved with that as well. But um you can right. definitely definitely try some dietary changes. Um Okay. Yeah, and see if see if that helps. But if you want more help, you can always give us a call at the office and I can send you up a diet sheet. Wonderful. So uh, the diet certainly has got us all uh, talking and thinking all sorts of things today, Peter. I think it just proves that food can be is the big factor. You would would imagine. You can put the headphones back on. We're still on. Um, there's no other I don't know Peter. why I took them off. Is there then? another Peter Mullen in the room that we're talking to? <laughs> Thought the someone else one. might have had something to say. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. So look, uh, we were talking about how kids, uh, how food can be making your, your child sick. I guess you've got uh, a couple of quick pointers on how to improve the, the diet of your young ones. Absolutely. And just while I'm thinking of it. Um, Jill, who just rang up about a husband with dermatitis. If Jill, if you're still listening, if you'd like a copy of um, what we often recommend as a, a, a starting point from a low inflammatory diet, if you ring the office and just tell them that you were speaking to me on the radio and leave an email address, I can send that out to you. Which Peter Mullen, though? There was two. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, those, those five tips. Um, yeah, so coming back to kids' health, and we've got our last or our first and last kids' talk for this half of the year anyway on tonight. Um, but five ways to start, and we were talking to Nat about her kids and their immune system, much as possible, avoiding additives and preservatives, you know, become a numbers-free household, um, reduce or avoid processed carbs and simple sugars such as um, excess bread, cereals, biscuits, lollies, soft drink. Soft drink and commercial juices are just like giving your kids, you might as well just pour out half a bowl of sugar into their into their mouth. Like There's no nutritional benefit whatsoever. And it gets them hooked into that whole sugar cycle. And sugar, sugar literally suppresses your immune response. You have a big mouthful of sugar, your white blood cells will relax, turn off, slow down. So sugar is really not good for our immune at all. Um, for we were talking with um, Nat and Jill about you know a good place to start often is to cut out the dairy, the wheat, and try and go low gluten. Mm-hmm. But again, these dietary recommendations aren't things that people need to steer clear forever. You've got to work on healing the gut and then giving yourself better tolerance again. Um, starting the day with a protein breakfast for our kids, like eggs or lean meats and veggies so that their blood sugar is not all over the shop. Um, and increase the consumption of vegetables and sh- low-sugar fruits like berries, apples, foods like that. So been having some lovely Jonathan apples at the moment, Peter. They're really well, It's lovely. coming into apple season. Oh, it is, must be, it? is it? Yeah. Autumn. And then, of course, I have my, one of my favourite lunches here, which everyone turns their nose up at, but apple sandwiches. Apple sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Heat up the bread or the bread roll, just put the apple in the middle. It's like you, an apple you, pie. You think you, you think you are making yourself an apple pie. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you mentioned the kids' talk that's on tonight. I believe there are just some limited seats available for that one. Oh, absolutely, and the other the other tip, just what I, oh, before we get on to that. No, that was, um, the, that was the five. I know, but if you if you do think your kids have a food intolerance, um, it's definitely worthwhile getting it checked out because that can make the whole process of reorganising your kids' diet much easier. And the interesting thing is, if you get you if you oftentimes if parents focus on getting improving their kids' diet, it's a major benefit for the whole family. So tonight, yep, our talk um, on kids' health tonight, looking at what are some of the causes of why our kids' health has changed. Um, there's five or six underlying causes that I think um, definitely contribute to that and that can be helped using natural medicine, diet and 
lifestyle changes. Wonderful. And some other talks down the track as well. 10th of April, gut health and fermenting. That's coming back again. And the 24th of April, natural remedies for cancer. Peter, thank you for a great program again. My pleasure, Mark. And next week, uh, oh, actually, no, very quickly, you did have uh, somebody write into you. We'll just deal with that. I know, we spoke with Nat. Oh, we did too. Yeah. Now he's not paying attention. <laughs> All And next week, Peter, what are we doing next week? Something a bit interesting? Uh, well, next week, next week, I think we'll do the iridology thing. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, bring we said that we'd do it this week. But um, I've got, we did have an interesting blog put together around perfumes and how it can affect us. But I think we'll roll that onto another day mm-hmm. and to, um, we'll do, definitely do the iridology. So I'll come, I'll bring my torch in next time and you can um, find out what's wrong with me. Absolutely, and we'll share it with all the listeners. We'll do it live. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.